Oh shit. So by now, uh, really this <clears throat> episode, I guess, would be meant, you're meant to listen to this episode after the awareness episode. Um, I finally got my computer back on to where I can actually read what I've written. Uh, so this one is more talking about why. Uh, I hope by now everyone's really becoming aware of where they're going in life if they don't change. Don't just be aware of where you're going, but what it will feel like when you get there. Um, I hope everybody's just cultivating an awareness. I think self-awareness is probably one of the most important things you need in recovery, if not in life, in order to be successful. Um, the more you practice becoming aware, the better you're going to get at it. Uh, neuroplasticity is going to kick in and uh, becoming aware daily will lead to you being a more aware person later on. This is just like anything. It's it's not easy. Um, it, it's easy if you can keep it at the forefront of your mind on a day-to-day basis. It's pretty easy to wake up one day and say, I'm focusing on being aware today. What's hard is to continue doing that day after day until it becomes second nature. Often people will start trying to become aware and they'll expect it to increase quickly. And in expecting it to increase quickly, they don't think it works and therefore they stop doing it. What's hard is to continue doing it day after day. Life just gets in the way too often. You let other string, other things pull the strings of your mind if you let it. You have to be careful and aware of what's worth giving your mind to. I'll tell you right now, it's n- almost never worth giving your mind to things you have no control over. It's a waste of energy. The return on that investment is nothing. You should write that down. Be aware of what is worth giving your mind to. You can think about this a lot um, in relation to the last episode where I talked about values. And if you want to create new values or live in accordance with new values, you have to invest in that value until you get a return on that investment. This is becoming aware of what's worth giving your mind to. I mean, I have had an incredibly hard year at work. Um, I thought 2020 would be better, but it's gotten worse. Uh, But I make a real effort to not give my mind up to other people. Sometimes I do, but usually this is just my knee-jerk first thought. And then I smooth it out with my second thought and my first action. I talk about this quote a lot at work if you're a client who's ever been uh, in a class with me. You're not responsible for your first thought. You are responsible for your second thought and your first action. Usually my first thought when somebody upsets me is, I don't know, what the fuck is wrong with you? Then I'm reminded of probably my favorite Epictetus quote. And it goes a little bit like this. Keep in mind, this is a 2,000-year-old quote, if not more. If a person gave away your body to some passerby, you'd be furious. Yet you hand over your mind to anything and anyone that comes along, so they may abuse it, leaving it disturbed and troubled. Have you no shame in that? You know, so right, right when my mind is taken by somebody else, this quote pops into my head. I, I probably have conditioned myself to have this quote pop into my head because I, it's written in my house twice, just around the house. I mean, I see it all the time. So I follow my first thought with my first action, which is reminding myself I can't control others. They have their reasons, and what they do doesn't affect me or what I have control over anyway. 
it's it's about priming yourself to know what you're doing before you go and you do it. In the midst of my career in addiction, if you were to ask me what I was doing, I'm not sure, or if you were to ask me why I was doing what I was doing, I'm not sure I'd have an answer. Uh, My life was spinning out of control for so long. I kept my addiction under wraps for so long that once it was actually busting out into life and destroying my relationships, I didn't have an ability to contend with the feelings I had to feel. My life was in shambles, that it was the only thing I knew how to do to make myself feel okay. I wasn't really aware also of what I was doing to myself. I didn't understand that I could live a better life. I just kind of thought it happened. Like things happen and, you know, I get through school and and, and as I live, things will get better. But what what I've realized, it's... What I've realized is if you don't do anything to have a better life, you usually end up regressing into a worse life. Uh, and, and because what you're essentially doing is whatever you want. And if you're doing whatever you want, you're never living on the edge of your capabilities. And if you're never living on the edge of your capabilities, your brain isn't changing. I mean, it is, but not in the way that would actually make it better. I didn't have a better life I was actively going towards. Happiness was nowhere on the radar. And if happiness wasn't on the radar, the next best thing was nothingness. Shutting my consciousness off, shutting everything down was more appealing than being aware that I could be choosing something to go after. A reason why, you could say. I really needed a reason why. Uh, Actually, you know what's interesting is I think step one is, in a sense, a step of awareness and uh, a motivating step. The reason why you take step one is because your life is unmanageable. But you need to be aware of that first. (coughs) It's interesting to me how many females are able to stop using for nine months while pregnant, but they can never do it when they're not pregnant. I've heard it so many times and I never quite understood it until I started to understand intention and motivation and and really why. They actually have a physical reason inside of them not to use that they're reminded of constantly. They don't have to make that choice every day. I'm going to focus on intention today. Their belly is moving. The consequences of drinking and using would be direct for them and their unborn child. We need to realize that while our children are in the womb or not, they're directly affected by every choice we make because they watch us make the choice. If you can realize your child is always within you, you can come up with a good reason not to use and a good reason to keep pushing forward, as you will be showing your child how to push forward through hard times. Carl Jung talked about this in depth. He said, The child is educated by what the adult is not by what they say. So if you're one of those parents out there who are saying do as I do or do as I say not as I do, you're creating a hypocrite. Your child is watching you say not to do it and then they're watching you do shit that you shouldn't do. And that's how you're educating them. You know, I wrote this at work probably 7 months ago, and I started to think about why in the workplace. I'm one of those people that if you tell me to do something at work, I need to understand why I need to do it. That's actually going to give me, (coughs) it's going to remind me of 
that I need to do it. Once I understand why I'm doing something, how to do it doesn't necessarily need to be explained. The why kind of explains it all. If you get why a thing needs to be done, your solution will be strategic for reaching the goal of why it needs to be done. So how to do it is wrapped up in why you do it. For example, if I need to document behavior of a client at work, often the behavior is just day-to-day bullshit. But once I'm told that insurance either pays or cuts off payments based on my notes, then I put the behavior in so they get to stay in treatment. Just telling me to do it doesn't make sense, especially when I know the majority of staff does not look at these notes as there are more than 14 per week per client. If you have a reason to over overcome obstacles, if you know why your life is important, you can suffer defeats without giving up or quitting. I think almost always I've talked to so many fucking people who've relapsed. You never relapse because you don't know what to do. You relapse because you say fuck it and you do not open up. I haven't exactly figured out where I want your deciding why to be in the list of steps. I haven't even figured out if I want steps. I know for sure awareness is one of them. I think that's uh, the first one. I think why comes in at number two. In the Addiction Spectrum, which is a book, you guys can check it out. I don't think it's that great, but it gives a lot of good info. The step one is literally start with a laser-focused why. You need to know why you're going to get clean. You know why? Do you want to have a better life? And, And get in depth with this. I'm just not sure that should be the first step because if we don't have the awareness of where we're going... The why is pretty pointless. In fact, I think we could argue we're doing fine if it's not for real awareness. Your why is what keeps you going. And most of the time when we relapse, it's because we don't have something that keeps us going. You know, a lot of these women in treatment when they're pregnant, they're able to stop using for nine months. And it's because they're reminded day to day. You know, I had a guy, I had a guy the other day in class, we were, really talking about this and he was basically saying (laughs) I think the hard part is is waking up every day and 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 staying focused on what you're trying to do and I said holy shit and this dude is dumb as shit he doesn't (laughs) seriously and he doesn't know a lot but he saw this and nobody else seems to see this yes on a day-to-day basis you need to make the choice of intention Wayne Dyer talks about this. If you want to read a great book, The Power of Intention. It's a lot in the Tao philosophy of letting things flow, which I believe in a lot. Intention. Why are you getting up and going to a meeting? Why are you not hanging out with those friends anymore? Why are you doing what you're doing now? I mean, a lot of us just don't do shit, and we don't even know why we're not doing shit. You need to figure out, Step one, before you even figure out what you want out of your life, you need to figure out why are you doing what you're doing right now? You know, I'm not quite sure I've ever believed in hell. At least not eternal hell. I've been in my own version of hell before. Uh, Some of you are in a version of hell as I speak. And I feel for you. Um, However, no matter how bad the hell I went through was, it's possible that there's a hell still waiting for me. And I've always kind of believed that it's laying on my deathbed wishing I had gotten sober sooner. I've thought about this since I got clean. I do not want to be dying wishing I 
stayed sober, wishing I didn't waste so much time being comfortable. Regret is poison. A lot of people talk of regret, saying things like, no regrets. I wouldn't be who I am if it weren't for this and that. And I I can't stand that. I understand it, but I think people use it as an excuse to act shitty. No regrets. I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't do what I've done. But what if who you are now fucking sucks? What if you're miserable? Don't use these cliches nonsensibly. If you're one of those people who says no regrets, I hope you do it sensibly. In other words, I hope you're acting on a day-to-day basis in a way you won't regret at night. I hope you aren't using it as some defense mechanism to make yourself feel okay about your shitty decisions. I've felt real regret before. Knowing better than I act equals regret. (laughs) And if you continue to know better than you act... You're regretting things and you keep saying you no regrets. And it's just allowing you to continue with shitty behavior. However, I'm not sure that's real regret, though. I mean, according to the definition of real regret, it is. But I think there's levels of regret. And I think right now, you know, at 22 years old when I got clean, r- regret felt a certain way based on how much time I thought I had to live. As I said, I I realized I think real regret is being too old to change it. Like, you feel okay with your regret now because you have time to make up for it. But what if you were 80? You would just have to accept it and wither away your last days, months, or years knowing you could have lived your life better. And I fucking do not want that feeling. That's my why. And I can expand it across many things. To me, it's really not even about being sober. It's about taking risks like doing this fucking podcast and putting myself out there when I don't want to. But I have faith that if I do it every day, I'll get better at it. I mean, I'm sure you guys are aware. I have no idea what I'm doing with this. I I just have to do it. I just need to know why I'm doing it. I don't need to know how. It applies for this, too. So I had a sponsor once actually, and one of his main things he would say all the time is why is not a spiritual term. And I agree with that in the context of something, someone asking, why is this happening to me? It's not spiritual in this sense because it, it, it is happening, happening to you and you do need to do something about it. Meaning you can't ask why something is happening to you when it's happening to you because If we're going to talk about spending your energy on worthwhile investments, wondering why something that is happening to you is happening to you is a waste of energy because it's happening to you and you need to do something about it. I think if internally we ask ourselves why we act the way we do on a day-to-day basis, the doors of life can open up for us and it will affect change within you. The alternative is just doing whatever you feel like. Saying whatever you feel like and suffering the consequences of why did this happen to me. When in reality, you know the truth and you know why it happened to you. I ask myself why I do what I do so often that I think it affects me. I I don't really kill bugs in my fucking house anymore. And I have no desire to be this pacifist who doesn't kill bugs. But when you ask yourself why constantly... The answer to why pops up, and I realized I was killing bugs because I didn't like bugs, and they made me uncomfortable. It was a fear thing. So now it's like, why not pick them up and put them outside? It increases my discipline. It changes my brain. 
what keeps you going? What's your why? Why do anything? Knowing your why helps knowing your why helps you organize your psyche. Knowing your why can be the same as knowing what you aim at. You know, motivation, the word motivation literally broken down means motive, and a motive is a reason why. Intention. What is your intention for doing what you're doing on a daily day-to-day basis? Why get better? Do you have an answer for that? Why become better? And I'll tell you why I want to com- become better. I want to avoid any suffering that I'm able to avoid. And then at the same time, maybe it will keep others from suffering too. When I suffer, my family suffers. Everybody in my sphere of influence suffers. Seriously, if I don't get better, at some point in the future, I'll pay for it. And I will look back and regret not becoming better. And I can't fucking do that anymore. I can't, and neither can you. What if you suffered a consequence for every action within 24 hours? I mean, really, think about this. Everything you did, because a lot of these consequences of drug use are delayed a little bit, so maybe we get high, and then we don't get the consequences of getting high for a couple weeks. But what if you suffered them within 24 hours? I want to avoid the suffering I know I can't avoid. Using drugs led to suffering. Therefore, don't use drugs or I could suffer. If I know I don't work out, I'll be out of shape and sick. What if not working out today led me to being fat and sick tomorrow? I know to wash my hands today so I'm not sick tomorrow. These kinds of things. I act in a way that leads me to avoid suffering I already know I should avoid. I act with the lessons I've already learned. A lot of us don't act with the lessons we learn. As soon as you give your mind a why, it kind of reconfigures the world in keeping with that aim. You know, your why before was comfort. So therefore, whatever happened in in your life, it was configured around getting high. And that's why you always got high. The hard part about this is when you do get high, you get the benefits right away. And when you do stuff that makes your life better... Sometimes the benefits take a little while to kick in. Here's the problem. Things outside of our control affect our life. You can do everything perfect. You can be on your way to the life you dream of, and things outside of your control can make it seem like everything's going wrong. However, if you're doing everything you can that's in your control, then everything you have control over is going right. Often... Everything outside of us is going wrong, and that leads to everything we do have control over going wrong too, because we are not picking and choosing what we have control over. Realize this, and you will find peace in knowing and having a visceral knowledge that you cannot control all, and attempting to do so clutters your mind with things you cannot change, and if your mind is cluttered, your life is cluttered. Organize your mind by choosing what is in your control and progressing within those areas of your life. Successful investor, this guy Ben Horowitz, he has, he has a great quote. It really motivates the shit out of me, especially in hard times. He said, the hard thing isn't dreaming big. The hard thing is waking up in the middle of a night with a cold sweat when the dream turns into a nightmare. What are you going to do then? What will keep you going then? Hopefully you develop what you're aiming at, a vision, or a why. That might keep you going. All of these are sort of synonymous with one another, and none of my vision is under the control of others. My vision is not just to be the best at communicating recovery where I work. 
that's too dependent on whether I get promotions or stay on or get fired or, or whatnot. You know, it, it, that has a lot to do with working at the place I work at. When in fact, even if I didn't work there, I could still be coming, be the best at communicating recovery just by speaking into my fucking phone like I'm doing right now. I have control over me. A big reason why I keep going during the hard times is what I've decided my life is going to be. I've decided what my life is going to be. It's going to be that. And that comes, when I say that, it comes with a belief. And if you've had any of my classes, we've talked about belief before and how important it is. Like biologically. So I've decided I'll handle anything life throws at me without drugs or alcohol. That's my decision and my commitment. I've decided when my time is up, I will be proud of how I've lived. I've decided when my kids grow up, they will speak of me as a great father. I've decided to be health conscious no matter the struggle. I've decided I'm always going to be cool, calm, and collected no matter what is thrown my way. I've decided I will be an inspiration to all I come across no matter what. And I've decided during all this struggle and fighting, I'm going to enjoy it. I've decided at the end, I will have no regrets that could have been avoided. Period. This is my vision, and if you think about that, and if you you can go back and listen to that over, and what you kind of see is all those things are within my control. No matter what, I can do all of those things. Job, no job. You know, unless I'm not unless I'm unable to have kids, that's the one thing that's out of my control. That's my why. That's my chosen struggle. Of course, my emotions are sometimes at odds with my logic. But I'm working on conditioning my logic to trump my emotion. I have seen myself long enough act emotionally and regret it to know not to trust myself emotionally. Confucius says one of the most noble ways to learn is reflection. The whole thing goes like this. He says there's three ways to learn. There's reflection, which is noble, most noble. There's imitation, which is easiest. And there's experience, which is bitterest. I'm done with the experience thing. You know, when the emotion is tough, when things are hard, you have to have something to think about. You know, you just can't go on emotion or what you want to do. Sometimes you need a memory or a vision to use as leverage during the hard times. You know, I I don't, maybe I'm in a unique position where one, I work at a facility I went through and therefore... I'm always kind of comparing where I was six years ago to where I am now. And and two, because I consistently see people coming through treatment after another bout trying to manage life while using drugs and drinking. It just doesn't work. The problem isn't that people think they can manage life while drinking and using. I think what happens is more that people are always looking for some kind of escape. They hate what they're doing. It's not an investment in anything and it seems kind of pointless aside from a paycheck. Believe me, I know the feeling, so escaping seems natural. They seek a few moments of escape with cigarette breaks, lunch, without actually realizing if they had something they were going towards, then the suffering would actually be worth it. If you don't have something you're going towards, you're kind of just surviving. And and you guys know this if you've had a class with me before. If you're in this survival mode, this default mode network, you're using future resources. It's like pushing down the, the, the gas pedal and the brake at the same time. You're using resources you need tomorrow, today, just because you're operating in survival. Each day you put in isn't an investment in the future, so 
you seek and escape every chance you get. I love what I do. I'm investing in myself, my future, and other people, and I still seek an escape. I really make an effort daily to recognize that what I'm doing matters, what I'm doing makes me better, and I could be doing a lot of things different that don't matter to me. This is the thing. I'm not saying don't escape. I'm saying find new ways to escape and do what you need to do during the day to get closer to to your ideal life. Then escape once you've earned the escape towards the end of the day. You know, and in fact, I, when you're when you are done with your day, make sure you have a plan. You know, like for me, when I get home from work, I'm done with my day. My day's done. I can chill and do whatever I want the rest of the day. So I come home and I have something I do every day to disconnect from what I was just doing. So don't get off work and just go home and do nothing. Make sure you have a thing that you do right when you get home to sever that connection to work so you're not bringing work home and you can compartmentalize a little bit better and your psyche will be a little bit more organized. A lot of people just don't want to hear solutions that can be boiled down to change the way you think. It's, you know, First of all, people want to defend themselves in the way they think way too often. Stop defending yourself. You know, If you're defending yourself too much, you might be defending yourself from things that could lead to you changing. You know, The truth hurts for a little bit, and then it's freeing. It's definitely not a quick fix. And coming from the life of an addict where we're all about instant gratification, what people don't realize is how important it is to think differently. What you've always thought leads you to taking an action you've always taken, and the actions you always took usually led to the kind of consequences you've always suffered. I know that's not what we want to hear when we get clean. I know you'd rather solution be more conceptualized in a more concrete way. I just haven't arrived there yet. Nobody has. Maybe that's my life's purpose. I don't know. Maybe it's, I have no idea. I've always hated how recovery is communicated. It's dogmatic. I've always hated how overcomplicated it is. I do think one of the main things we need to do is have an emotional connection to the reason why we want to change. And I mean deep emotional connection. Think about it constantly. Once we know why we want to change, the how doesn't really matter. You know, he who has a why can bear almost any how. Friedrich Nietzsche said this. Well, not exactly this, but pretty damn close. Sometimes people find it hard to understand exactly what this means. And I don't think that's necessarily an accident. I assume it's the I assume it's the result of a lack of purpose. It's a colloquial way of saying He who has a reason to live can bear almost any manner of life. In other words, if you have a reason or a purpose in this life, you can endure almost any misery. And if you don't understand that exactly, you should be able to understand that he who has a reason to live can bear almost any problem. So a good way of talking about this is just to talk about a man's search for meaning. If you've never read this book, book list, get it, read it. Put it on your shelf. Read it again. Have it be in your mind's eye a lot. Um, this was a book by a guy named Viktor Frankl, who was a psychiatrist who ended up in Auschwitz in World War II. He was actually at multiple concentration camps. And he started getting very curious as to why certain people died and why certain people lived. And obviously, if you were taken to the gas chambers, you were to die. However, Frankel realized that not everyone accepted this while others did. And you were far more likely to accept death if you had no reason to live. Your entire family was murdered in front of you. 
sounds like a good reason to blindly follow the screams into the gas chamber. When everything is taken from you, leaving no possibility of any kind of future worth living for, death is accepted. Frankel noticed not all people accepted their fate in these camps. Some did everything to avoid dying, and many of them lived because of this, and Frankel was one of these people. Frankel had hope. Hope his wife was still alive. And that gave him a good reason to keep going. And she wasn't. She was murdered. In essence, and this is an assumption, I think Nietzsche meant that a person with nothing to live for subconsciously prefers death. And someone who has something, a why, they continue to live. They can endure almost anything. How to survive almost anything. It's crazy how much research points to the idea that we need some sort of why to live. It, it blows my mind. Literally, you die faster after you retire. You die faster after your spouse dies. And years ago, when open heart surgery became normal, when it was far more dangerous, those that could best predict who would do best as an open heart surgery patient were psychiatrists. Check this out. In one study, they interviewed patients... Uh, before they were having this open heart surgery and divided them based on their answers. Basically, they divided them into risk types, high, medium, and low. <clears throat> In the low-risk groups, you found men who asked why they were having the surgery would th say things such as, you know, I'm scared, but for the past eight years, I haven't been able to do anything. I haven't been able to play golf because of my shortness of breath. If I survive the post-op period... I'll be good by September or whatever. And they literally already have this tea time scheduled. It's like I'm getting this heart surgery so that I can play golf in September. That's a pretty good why. However, this high-risk group, check this out. In the high-risk group, when asked why they were having the surgery, the answer would be something like, my doctor told me to. <laughs> Think about this for a second. They had no reason to get the surgery in their mind. So consciously... There's nothing there. Something like 40% of the patients in the high-risk group died and only 2% in the low-risk group died. The low-risk group had a reason why they were getting the surgery. More of a reason to keep going. If you have no reason to live the best life, if you live in the kind of life that seems like you prefer death and you don't even know it, sound familiar? I know I don't want that anymore. I want to struggle. So I can feel good about overcoming struggle. These moments where everything you worked for was worth it. Fuck, I live for those. Those goosebumps. The smile you can't stop smiling. The recognition and validation that you continue to do the right thing despite what everyone around you was doing and despite what your emotions were telling you in the moment. That's what I live for today. The growth. I don't want to regret not growing anymore. I don't want to end up in positions I don't want to be in knowing that I knew better. I don't want to feel pain from the lessons I already learned anymore. And you shouldn't either. First, figure out where you will end up if you don't change. You should have done this in the last episode, cultivating awareness. But if you haven't, then start now. You don't change and five years pass. Where are you? How do your kids look at you? How much more have your relationships suffered? Do you have relationships? How many friends have you lost? How many people did you not help that you could have helped? Second, write about those same things as if you had grown for five years.
That's a good start. Like, what's your life going to be if you could grow? What could it be if you were going to grow? Or just don't do either of these things. And most of you aren't going to do either of these things. It, I don't know why. It's fucking crazy. You're probably just lazy. I don't know. Um, let me... Why are you doing what you're doing right now? What's your intention with the actions you take on a daily basis? Seriously. Why do you fucking get on Facebook three hours a day? And you might say you're not on three hours a day, but you haven't fucking timed it. I know you haven't. Every single time you look at your phone and get on Facebook and scroll, that counts. And it builds up throughout the day. If you spend eight hours a day watching Netflix and why you do that is because it's comfortable, then you're okay with not changing. We don't change when we're comfortable. Why boils down to your intention. I'm working out because I have an intention to get bigger and stronger and healthier. I'm reading because I have an intention to learn. Be aware first. Find your why second. The trick is to be able to have focus moment to moment for a long period of time to remain consistent in your pursuits. That's the hardest part. This is why you need to be alone. This is why in treatment you have 30 days of, of being stripped of your distractions. Because when you're stripped of your distractions, you're more, who, more of who you are. And you actually are able to think about the things that are important to you. And maybe come up with what kind of life you want. If you're around a bunch of shitty people, you're not thinking about a good life. Because the environment is affecting your thinking. You want to cultivate a habit of asking why you're doing what you're doing. what you, Why you do what you do on a daily basis. If the answer comes back to comfort, you may want to change that behavior. So the answer to why is growth or something that's actually meaningful. Comfort's necessary, but it's never meaningful. Comfort feels good in the moment, but rarely do you reflect on comfort positively. And most of the time that you think about a moment... What I'm trying to say is, if you choose comfort today, you'll feel comfortable today and that'll feel good. But for the rest of your life, you'll look back on that day and you won't feel good about it. Take action that you will reflect on positively. This means even if you don't want to do it, you know that you're going to live tomorrow and look back on it. The key to all of this is not expecting things to change quickly. Honestly, you shouldn't expect things to change at all. Changing is hard and life is even harder. There is no permanent security outside of your own ability to contend with life and your ability to adapt to life. Period. Seriously, keep in mind why you're doing what you're doing. Keep that vision clear. And you'll be rewarded. Keep investing. Keep investing. Anyway, stay safe though. Wash your fucking hands. Don't touch your face. I'll catch you guys next week.